Welcome to the Two Tokens Podcast. During these episodes, we will invite guests onto our show and discuss everything token related. You can expect to hear about token business models, the underlying technology stack, token governance, but also our mainstream topics such as NFTs. Does this sound interesting to you? Then make sure you subscribe and keep listening. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to a brand new Two Tokens Podcast. Today's podcasts are part of the Energy Tokenization Roundtable Sessions hosted by two tokens and these roundtable sessions are sessions in which industry leaders uh, experts startups we were talking about um, just enthusiasts people around energy tokenization all kind of people come together today to discuss the yeah, exciting and unique future of energy tokenization um, in this today's podcast we're going to discuss uh, orchestrating the energy transition and i'm together with a friend of the podcast already kai sievert managing director of riddling code and a new face aras azami uh, founder of unify energy welcome to the table um, just let's kick off with you because we already know I see it a little bit. Uh, would you like to tell us and well, basically me also a bit more about yourself? <laughs> of course. So my name is Arash Azami. I'm founder of Unify Energy, which is a startup. Um, I've done several things before, but all in the uh, uh, on the cross section of energy and digitalization, um, because I believe that it is through the digital technologies that we have today that we can, for the first time, um, build models where every human being can have access to renewable energy conflict-free energy. So in my belief, energy should be considered a human right. And that's what I strive for. Um, and what we do at Unify very simply is we are uh, building a solution where we simply interconnect local assets, local energy assets uh, that generate energy, store energy, convert energy, etc. Um, and by doing that uh, in a proper manner, you vastly increase local independence and uh, at the same time, you create these resilient local grids and local markets where we use tokenization. Um, and by doing that, you also decongest the grid on the uh, regional and national level. So it's basically a sword with two blades. Yeah, it's, it's funny because this is exactly what we're going to discuss about extensively during the roundtable sessions today, obviously. I mean, energy tokenization is for a huge part also about decentralizing uh, the, the energy or basically decentralizing the energy usage and, uh, and, and creation of that. So it's, uh, yeah, from that perspective, very logical that you're here today. Also towards the viewers and listeners who haven't seen you earlier, uh, would you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So my name is Kai Sievert and I am the managing director of Riddle & Code Energy. And um, I'm a macroeconomist from a, from a, from a background. And um, Riddle & Code Energy is a hardware and software solution company, uh, development company. And uh, we are very much concentrating on the goal to make, or give every human being the chance to become energy independent and very similar to, to Unify Energy. And um, we want to reach this by... Oh, yeah, absolutely. At, at this at this point in time, you know, um, I think we need to to work together. Yeah, and and, and that's that's the that's the, certainly the the topic. So what we want to do, how we want to create energy independence for every human being, is by simply creating the opportunities for anyone to own, manage, and share green energy. 
And um, yeah, we do this. Um, I, I think David, you know this uh, very well um, with 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 high tech. So we yeah. give uh, we are we are concentrated on giving machines digital identities uh, using um, decentralized identifiers, and then also enabling our customers to use tokenization processes and help them along the way. We are developing some applications ourselves, such as uh, uh, My Power Investment and My, uh, My Power Community which is about you know, giving citizens a share in, 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 uh, in solar power plants and, and green uh, power plants um, as a whole, and then also enabling them to go into peer-to-peer -peer trading. So this is, this is it in a nutshell at the moment, and, and this is absolutely just the start, right? Um, altogether, we were sitting on the table here. We are, we are early in the game, and um, we are in the energy game. Yeah. So we need a lot of endurance. It's a long, long pathway. But we still want to go there forcefully and and strongly and 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 collaboratively. Yeah, yeah. Like we already mentioned er, uh, briefly before we got into this podcast, normally energy is quite boring. The the field of energy and especially well now we're going into the exciting field, in my opinion, of energy tokenization. But at this specific moment, energy is I think one of the main topics in the society at this moment. Uh, orchestrating the energy transition, in my opinion, we're already in the midst. Of a transition uh, first before we go ahead and i really would like to hear your opinion about eh, what it is that you see in orchestrating the energy transition i would like everybody if you're still here and you're exciting to hear about this uh, about these developments don't forget to like this video subscribe to the channel and obviously don't forget to hit the bell button if you're viewing this from youtube so that you're already uh, always notified the earliest about these new uh, podcasts and uh, of, of two tokens but orchestrating the energy transition What's your view on that? How do you, how do you see that? You already mentioned about creating decentralized uh, access towards energy, yeah. uh, the uses, the creation of energy. Please tell us more about this. So, um, and you want short answers, right? <laughs> I, want your, I want your honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and keep them short and concise. It's, a, it's such a big topic. It is, it's, it's a huge topic. So first off, you mentioned that yes, until recently, energy would be considered kind of a a low interest product and i believe that it's been very wrongly framed by marketing people for a long time because yeah. energy is a fundamental need for every human being for every organism for everything that happens in nature i mean you could regard energy as the fundamental currency underneath our entire society it is every form of value that is ever created uh, has its origins in flows and conversions of energy from, from one form into another so the fact that we turn it into a commodity that was traded on markets that were deemed to be considered boring by people has been a fundamental mistake in my in my belief because energy is everywhere and should be everywhere it's, um, i think it's been taken for granted exactly so and and that's because we commoditized it and i believe that yeah. it shouldn't it should have never become a commodity it's a fundamental i mean you know, it's, it, it, we're all talking about money. Everybody loves talking about money. Money is a high interest product. Now, it's fairly easy to run an energy system if there would be no banks, but have you tried to run a bank without an energy system? It's never gonna happen. No, without energy, there's no... There's no so we have no to focus on functioning energy systems first. And, um, and that's what I believe we need to orchestrate. So for one, we need to orchestrate um, the position of energy in our society and how it's how it's deemed and considered. Thank you. Um, 
And, um, and, and on the other end, also, we have, and, and, and this is what the energy transition people have been doing for a long time, very technocratic, very much a focus on technology. But it's not as simple as switching off the coal-fired plants on the one end and then switching on the solar panels on the other. Um, the, the, the energy transition, because it's the fundamental currency underneath our economy and society, means that once we decentralize and make renewable the power to create value, this means the most fundamental shift in economy that we have ever witnessed as humans. It means a total redesign of our banking and financing system. So it's an economical transition. It is also a societal transition because you and I are connected in very different ways. You mentioned peer-to-peer. So once we go from a centralized system to a peer-to-peer -peer system for exchanging energy, this also means that so socially, societally, we're going to be extremely differently connected. And then fourth, it's also an institutional transition because it means that we need to rewrite laws and regulations. It means that we need to redesign um, our taxation systems and, and, and schemes. It means that we need to redesign our infrastructures and how we deal with them. So this is a transition that goes so much further than simply switching on and off technology. Yeah, yeah I, I experienced myself, and I'm, I'm curious to learn uh, what your views on about that. that I think the, the regulatory and the, and, the, and the legal framework is, I think, at this moment, the biggest hurdle for creating this, 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 this new, this, yeah, this new tick ball. If we're talking about technology, if we're talking about energy transition, uh, or energy tokenization, I think that's the, the biggest hurdle at this point. Then I think the changes uh, on the other levels that you mentioned are, I think, uh, uh, a result of that. Although, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot to happen there, there still. What's, what's your view on uh, orchestrating the energy transition from uh, a higher, higher point of view? <laughs> so actually, I, I love um, the explanation that Arash gave. And um, I love, I, I fully embrace the not the fact that energy is a is a is a human right, and um, we also embrace this as a as a company. And uh, what we want to do with uh, with with a MyPower Energy Tokenization platform is to even go one step further and say, well, then if you say A, you need to say B. So we want to help everyone to actually become an owner of some kind of energy asset, because once you own something, you do start caring about something. And then energy does become very much a topic yeah. of interest, right? Because it's mine, right? And before I can share energy, I need to possess energy, right? So everything starts with a very egocentric first step. And that's what my power is about. And I'm, I'm really, really happy to go into that and also discuss further on the, 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 the hurdles that we're already facing and see and witnessing while... Um, developing products for this for this kind of consumers and prosumers for the last three years so obviously this is such a big topic with 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 uh, multi-dimensional multi-levels but if we're trying to narrow it down orchestrating the energy transition and 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 just like uh, that people own and possess their own energy what's in your opinion the first steps that we as a society and people should take now how how do we make this more tangible first off i believe that we should and could talk for hours because um because i tend to say um if you bring energy to the people if if, if you enable if you empower people to be the owners of their own uh, energy economies this is the most literal sense of power to the people yeah literally, literally yes um so uh, what I 
what I what I found very inspiring was I, I was raised by an internet pioneer, uh, my mother, who was online in the late 80s. And um, she once literally told me, Arash, you know, I'm all fine with you playing outside so much, but you should be spending more time on a computer because that. that's going to be, that might be something big in the future. And it's um, quite the other way around. <laughs> and, well, you know, the, the fact that we tell our children the opposite yeah. proves her point. And, uh, and, and so, so in my youth, we were pretty much surrounded by people that were believers in this concept of the internet. And if you go all the way back to the first uh, introduction of the WWW protocol, um, that protocol was designed ownerless um, within CERN um, to be peer-to-peer -peer yeah, yeah. and to interconnect people globally, regardless of their choice of technology and their location where they were. And still, this is exactly what the WWW protocol stands for. So Tim Berners-Lee really deserves a lot of credit for that because he was able to interconnect the world. In 1973, the internet had 36 users, ARPANET. In 20, 36. 36, that was it. So that's 49 years ago. Last April, we welcomed the 5 billionth internet user globally. So talk about exponential curves. And what I believe is that what we are doing with energy, what we're trying to enter with energy, we are at the forefront of the same curve because we are applying the principles, the basic principles that, that are behind the internet to interconnect people in such a way that they exchange energy. Now, energy is not something that only a few billion have and the others have not. Everybody has energy because otherwise you don't survive. But the fact that two and a half billion people today still live in energy poverty and rely on collecting biomass in order to be able to cook that means that they're spending up to six, sometimes even eight hours of every day um, to fulfill their basic energy needs. All that time by, the, by these people cannot be spent on earning an income or on raising their children or on attaining education. So that means that using technologies like the ones that we're discussing today to interconnect people to a global peer-to-peer -peer grid, which I call the Internet of Energy, potentially will unlock the potential of billions of people that still have been put away and uh, were forced to remain poor for the rest of their lives. So the combination of renewable energy technologies, of peer-to-peer -peer technologies, of digitalization, of the principles of the WWW, if you combine those together, we will actually create something that, well, I, I cannot fathom what the effects will be if you if you if you do this at scale but we have to start somewhere and that is within some homes within some neighborhoods and i i guess that that's that's the stage where it. we are i love this story absolutely that's where we are and if you want and we now just building the web one for energy right exactly. what i don't want is to go directly into the same mistakes of web two so let's 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 like take what we've learned the silos you mean to get platforms thinking, yeah. you know, to build another platforms, to to lock in data into islands, and yeah. to to um, to you know take the ownership of data away from the people, from the from actually from the owners of the energy yeah. assets. So for me, energy independence starts with data sovereignty. Yeah, 
We have and to go from web one to web three. You have to go directly. Yes, directly, yeah. Just like yeah, Africa, this they they, they 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 surpassed basically the Wi-Fi. They went straight yeah. to cellular yeah. connection, and yeah. I think that we've got to do the same yeah, now with exactly. energy so, independence. So yeah, we, the, the, you know, we have the example there where they leapfrogged the landline for telephony and went yeah. to to to, uh, to cell phones for all, which is amazing. So I grew up in sub-Saharan Africa. I lived there for eight years, and at that time, research had been done that showed. <clears throat> that the market in Niger for landlines was at most 30,000 units, something like that. And now they have 20 million mobile phones. So, so you see what the potential is there. And, um, you know, that this is, it's, it's awesome to be able to share these stories. So many people in the early days of Web2, when we really started with interaction, uh, mentioned this is the new economy. These are the examples of the new economy. And then they would always mention that same row of platform companies that showed the way to the new economy. And they all said, that's Uber and Airbnb and Facebook and you know whatnot. For me, these have always been examples of the old economy, the yeah. perfect examples of the old economy. Why? Because they use decentralized technology and isolated that in such a way that they had centralized ownership centralized power to make money, centralized shareholdership. So every principle they applied was from the old economy, except for the distributed character of their technologies. That was it. So what we need to do with energy, as it is a fundamental need, is skip Web 2, go to Web 3, because the moment that we have an Uber for energy, we're fucked. Yeah, 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 and that's something that you hear so often. We want to be the new uh, the Uber of energy or the Airbnb of energy, and it's something that people just it, it, it yeah because these companies are obviously so much worth, and everybody yeah. thinks then in these kind of, of terms. But going to Web three, what I've experienced, it, it takes a huge development from the legal side to to allow for those kind of structures because we are so used to centralized power because it's so easy for legislators to focus on one entity and just say we if we control you we control the rest underneath and with uh, if we want to get a decentralized community we need to go to a different uh, to a different solution from uh, from that perspective but i couldn't agree more energy independence from from that perspective from what we're seeing now, it's, it's it's such a good development that people are starting to become aware how important energy is to them, and it's not something they can take for granted. Because if something changes in the world, we all get affected by it immediately. It's 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 amazing to see how how quickly that goes. And I was inspired by someone who recently told me that if energy basically becomes free. Uh, for, to an economy that economy will grow the fastest i mean everywhere where energy is cheap or uh, almost abundant those economies will grow exponentially because basically like you already also said energy is the basis for for everything yeah, for for the economy for for ourselves for the growth for the communities everything to produce something you need energy exactly exactly i'm just curious i mean i think we all agree to that energy independence is is the way to go and and it's it's, it's so important at, at this this stage but i'm still curious to learn like what are the, the first steps and the hurdles if, if we have this very yes. broad philosophical concept how do we bring it really to the people how are we able to to go from web one to web three and what what are the what are the steps that we yeah. need to take and obviously you're already working on that with my power but 
of, you, you also come across many hurdles, yes, I believe. Yes. And, and how do you see the process? Yeah. So I think, again, um, just to reiterate that the first step is, you know, giving people power over their data. So getting, making data, to get access to data, you need to give people the trust that their data is safe and they always have the full control of who gets access to their data. If they don't have that, they will not give anyone access to the data, right? And here for me, everything starts with um, mechanics and, and processes to make this very easy to handle for, 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 for people in a decentralized manner, you know? Yes, with a pr public-private key pair, but there are opportunities to make this uh, from a use experience is much more easy than just using, uh, using a MetaMask today, right? So this is very, very important. And then obviously, um, if you look into like, I mean, energy communities and prosumers, they, they have been kind of a niche, right? In the, in the past decade and even 20 years that they've been, some, some of them have been around, but it's now really taking off with 13 member states in the European Union already having implemented on the national level, a law that allows the creation of local energy communities and citizen energy communities. So now what we've learned um, from these first months and years of, of them existing, uh, you can read in, this, in, in the decide policy brief that has come out in, in, in May this year, uh, I can highly recommend, um, is that there are several severe problems that these communities face. The first problem is data access. Second problem is energy allocation. How do I really make sure I consume the energy when it is being produced? Because obviously it's easy to, 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 to consume fossil fuel power, right? It's been produced on demand, but yeah. now so the sun does not produce on demand, but you need to have your demand on production, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's another way of, of thinking. Absolutely. And there are several other problems that they mention. One that I want to mention as well, because it's so important for us, is the, um, the missing marketplaces, right? And uh, we always were focusing on the big, big power plants, the tens of thousand power plants that are required to, that are only required to power the whole world, right? On demand and um, on a high voltage level when we'd stay with the electricity markets. But now a lot of activity comes in from the medium and low voltage grid levels and, and there are no markets existing really. And that's what we, what we not need to go into. And I really want to talk about this because the old markets have been completely different. From the, uh, from the new markets. The old markets have a deep verticality, right? Supply chains that, that yeah. span the whole globe from gas producers, gas transporters, you know, importers, power producers, power uh, transporters, the consumers, and so on and so forth. Everything bilaterally from a producer to a, to a consumer. Yeah. Now this is completely different, right? We have a very horizontal, horizontally shaped um, market. The power is basically produced where the sun is shining and the wind is blowing, right? Locally. And the relations are multilateral and there are no, not even contracts out there or trade documents that really, you know, reflect this and help the people on their way. So that's why we started off with tokenization, because it's just a, this digital container that the token effectively is, can help us to, you know, to create a new kind of trading document that can be acknowledged by everyone in the market. And, and everyone knows how to deal with it and everyone can offer services to the people to use these kind of energy, to make the most out of it. Because one thing is clear, the prosumers and the energy communities, there are no energy experts, right? But they need help. And they need help on a democratic way, on a, on a fair way. So this brings me to my last point, which is very important. And that's uh, what you call orchestration, which I love actually. 
is yeah is 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 the most the, the last centralized component of the thing right but without it it's not possible how do you orchestrate like a distributed system right yeah. there needs to be some rules right regulations so i i'm convinced and i really ask for every authority out there that has a relevancy in the energy markets to think about how to you know create new regulations if if um, or if they want to take over ownership of the government's layer of the web3 i think at the end of the day it's our you cannot give it to anyone you need to give it to our governments to the regulators that they create the governance layer for web3 so what we are doing here in experiments is just creating governance layers because no one else is doing it but i'm always sure with everything i develop part of it will some someday in the future belong to the government hopefully right and um, if i think this is something that we can go, go into a little bit uh, more depth if you want You, you inspire me with, with saying like uh, orchestrating the energy transition, obviously the topic of this podcast. And I also agree on that it should be the, the government that should take a first step in, in, in creating legislation. On the other hand, I'm also getting inspired by the thought that maybe it should be a bottom-up approach. And I, I already see you yeah. <laughs> saying yes. What's, what's, your, what's your view on that? Well, um, 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 uh, f first, I want to say there's something that I like to call the, the freedom paradox. So we associate freedom with uh, the absence of rules and frameworks, but we experience the most freedom when the frameworks and rules are extremely clear. That's, that's, that's a true so, paradox. Yeah. Um, and that provides a challenge with us because laws and regulations can never be in front of innovation. Never. Um, because first you have to innovate something and then you're going to think of a law to, to frame and regulate that. Um, so that's why I believe that we as innovators on a systemic level in energy um, are also burdened with the moral responsibility to question the frames and regulations that we work with today. And that we have to do that in continuous dialogue with lawmakers. So um, when I started, uh, when I when I left my previous company in 2014, um, 2015, I took a year off to think of what to do next. And in 2016, I wrote a 25-year plan for my next venture. A 25-year plan? Yes. And the first five years is basically... Um, getting the soil ready to accept new organisms, uh, which meant that I had to uh, kind of be a quartermaster to my own uh, programs and, and, and go to governments and work with them and advise them. And, and, and luckily, I got that space. So I did that with the European Commission. And part of that led to the Local Energy Communities Directive um, that we are witnessing today. And I did that with the Dutch government and some others. Um, then the next five years are dedicated to prototyping, because once you prototype something, you show it, then people know it, and once they know it, they cannot unknow it. So we have to show it by example how peer-to-peer -peer works, how uh, power to the people in the literal sense works, how local ownership works, um, how valuation of energy works, the decommoditization of energy works, and all these things. And in order to, to, to do that, um, next October 31st, so in a few weeks' time, we're launching Transform Hackathon. And that is the first hackathon 
that we are organizing for systemic innovation in the field of energy. And it's a 48-hour hackathon, and we are doing this with the support financially and morally from our Ministry of Economic Affairs, um, um, our uh, Ministry of Interior Affairs, uh, various municipalities and provinces, um, uh, DSOs. So, so there's, there's, there's many system parties involved, and they are all there because they want to see systemic innovation. So that's, that's what those five years of, of, of getting the soil ready probably uh, led up to. Um, one of the huge shifts also that I wanted to, to mention is, and, and you already mentioned it very briefly, we were used to centralized energy production on demand. So that means that we are burning stuff at the moment that the need is there, and then we transport it over large distances. And what we're doing now is we're flipping that model to short distance energy, local energy production, but then we're going to make that travel in time. So that means that we need to integrate storage and, and conversion technologies, and seasonal buffering and stuff like that. So that's, that's an entirely different systems design. It's an entirely different infrastructure design. It's an entirely different um, design of how we integrate systems and where we uh, design also the point of conversion, because that's the point where the value is created. Because by now, the point of conversion of energy is in a gas-fired plant where you burn enormous quantities of gas and you make electricity. And now we're going to be able to turn um, some liquid into electricity or sunlight into electricity or wind into electricity or turn electricity back into some gasified stuff that we can store somewhere else. So, and we're going to do that like on the lowest scale in the energy system. And this is something that nobody's really looked at in this sense yet. But I believe that this is one of the greatest marketplaces where value can be created in the next decade. And so basically, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously also, again, inspired by the fact that I completely agree that legislators and, and other big entities, they follow, they follow basically, <laughs> we, we need new leaders that have a vision, that see how this should work, that, that, that take first step and then basically take the, the legislators by hand and inspire them to, to create the right. If, if you do not understand it, you cannot regulate it. Let's put it that way. And the way we look at it now is regulators do not understand energy. Yeah. So, and even energy professionals do not well, understand basically, energy. I think they, they, they still think the old way of centralized. It's, it's, it's such a different shift in thinking. Uh, if you want to become decentralized, I just don't think they're used to that. The thing is, if you regard, if you think you understand energy and then you translate it into something centralized, you don't understand energy. You understand economy. Because if you look at nature, nothing energy-related is centralized. And that's been working for millions of years. If you go into a forest, that's a perfect example of a yeah. decentralized, it's a distributed by design model, it's ownerless, it's peer-to-peer, -peer, it's diversified. So there's no silver bullet technology. The silver bullet is, di is diversification. Uh, and it's waste-free. It's stable. And it's stable. Yeah. And it seeks balance by itself. Yeah, it, that's it, it, it how energy itself. works in nature. Yeah. So if somebody thinks they understand energy and then they translate it to some centralized thing, they understand economy, but they don't understand the fundamentals of energy. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, like I said, mentioned in the beginning, we only have half an hour. It's not a long no. podcast. And we already <laughs> passed the half an hour mark. So I want to go to the final remarks because we already mentioned earlier, I mean, we can talk for hours about this topic. And it's such an 
huge topic. It's such an important topic. And I think like what you mentioned just now, and it's for, it's for you the same, but um, there should be, yeah, we, let's call it energy leaders. It should take the first step. I think today on the uh, energy roundtable sessions uh, that are being hosted today, I think those people come together. I think even legislators are here today uh, from the EU from the various uh, parts of the, the Dutch ministry. So that's that's an, a very exciting uh, development. To come to the final remarks, uh, let me first start off with you. What's, is there anything you wish to say about what, uh, yeah, what should happen in, uh, yeah. in the future and uh, about orchestrating the energy transition? Sure. Let's don't overwhelm each other, right? Um, if we talk with legislators, with our, you know, our friends, our colleagues, uh, our partners, our people out there, um, we always try to think about the complex tricks that the new system needs to be able to run, you know. And I want to talk about skateboard, a piece of wood with four wheels on it. That needs to be, you know, at the beginning of everything, a very simple thing that everybody understands what it is and then start learning the tricks step by step, you know, and I want to, I want to create this skateboard for the new energy market. And I hope the energy token and the energy tokenization is this kind of skateboard, which is just simple, it's universal and it's accessible. And everyone in an ecosystem understands how to treat it, what to do with it. And service providers with relevant capabilities, relevant capabilities can offer their services, uh, can, can, can implement the skateboard, this token into their um, workflows easily and seamlessly, right? And this is this is my vision that I want to give to to everyone who's listening to that. Um, and I really would like to to yeah join forces to build the skateboard and use the skateboard as much as possible. Learn thousands of tricks up on it, but yeah. step by step. I think that's such a, such an important thing to remember for most people, but also for the innovators. Today at the roundtable sessions, that it's such a complex topic, but the winners will be those who can keep it simple and create small steps. And basically, what we've seen also with uh, with the blockchain technology over the last few years. Arash, if you can keep it short, <laughs> what Man, are I, your final remarks? I, I, lo I love the skateboard. So yeah, indeed, let's let's pick up that skateboard. Um, step on it, you know, and, 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 and try to get from the point where we don't fall off in the first meter. <laughs> we can be really proud of that to our first Ollie. Um, yeah. that, that would be awesome, you know. And what I, what, I, what I really believe in, what we need is um, to make it simple, to make things logical. Um, I'm an avid fighter for logical interfaces, logical user experience, to design from the viewpoint of the user rather than throwing technologies and all kinds of jargon on top of each other and then think that we did the smart thing. Yeah. So we really, I believe, should go from the user to the user in a very logical and intuitive manner. And the better we do that, the better we're going to learn to ride that skateboard. Well. Thank you very much, both Kai and Arash. I think it's uh, for the most few, for the viewers, and uh, very uh, inspiring, and uh, I think hopefully also an activating talk. Uh, if you really like this, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe to this channel, and also don't forget to hit the bell button so that you're always the first to know about these new podcasts. We're gonna record many more podcasts today, so please do keep an eye on the channel as they will be uh, yeah, posted online on different times. Kai, Arash. Thanks again. Hey man, thank guys, you so much. Yeah.
Till next time. Okay. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Ciao. That was it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening in and please subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find our contact details at www.twotokens.org.